How's everybody doing? And welcome to another episode of the Talk Too Much podcast. This is episode number 59. This is my favorite part of each episode because I can get unnecessarily dramatic for no reason and be myself for all of you. How's everybody doing? This week we got into another lane, I should say, but we still have our foot in the same lane, but we wanted to explore another lane that's heading to our lane. This is confusing. I interviewed Mr. Zan from Team Devour, the creator and founder of Team Devour. Um, if any of you don't know, Team Devour is a major esports team. They're a competitive esports team as well as they have content creators throughout their organization. Um, why am I doing an esports or uh, why am I interviewing an, an esports member, right? An esports team. What is my reasoning for that? Well, it's very simple. The esports industry is heading into the NFT industry. That's been my belief. That's my prediction, and I'm going to follow my prediction. I definitely believe that gaming will serve as the platform for these assets which we were trading. Um, and you've heard me say that before. These NFTs, um, not only are they going to represent assets within a game verse, um, some might be tokens or the game verse itself. I don't know. But I do know that these NFTs combined are going to make up a gaming platform these games. And for me, uh, when I look at the future of competitive gaming, yeah, Fortnite's great. Valorant's great. No hate. But what if there was a Valorant with a play to earn mechanism inside where you earn money? Wouldn't that be much more played uh, than the uh, just a regular game where you have fun and just increase in ranks? And for me, that's where it all stems from is I think play to earn gaming is going to take over the world and take over humans jobs. I think 10 years from now, we're not going to be going to our jobs at the office. At, if you're an accountant, you're not going to the office. If you're a front desk person, you're not going to the office. You're going to be putting on your VR headset and you're going to choose which realm to go in and you're going to play games to earn money for your family. I sincerely believe that. You cannot convince me of otherwise. You just can't because I've read so much on this space and where the future is going that I'm really convicted in this. And that's why I chose to focus on esports teams as well. For many of you don't know, I'm the VP of operations at a, an NFT creation agency called NFT Stadium. And we build out NFT collections for key brands across the world. And for me, I guess I've been very interested into esports teams because I believe, as I said, esports teams are not only going to be the most, e the easiest mesh with the NFT industry because we're both on Twitter and Discord. We both use gamified assets. Uh, ours is recorded on the blockchain, but theirs is on centralized servers right now, like Fortnite skins, um, certain weapon, Call of Duty weapons. Like These are NFTs, just not on a blockchain. They're assets on a centralized server. So for me, you're going to see me explore uh, a lot of the esports industry and bring them into the NFT space and try and find a bridge between the two. That's my goal for this. This is the first of many esports interviews, hopefully, and I really want to find a way to kind of explore the the fusion of these two spaces. That's my whole goal with this. I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. You're going to get an inside look into Zan and, and how he built Team Devour and how it got to the point where it is today. You're going to find out what it takes to not only be in the esports industry, but as I just said, create an esports team. Because there's one thing that, in my opinion, is in common amongst all these industries, and that's uh, that's having that dog mentality. That is the most important thing, and you're going to see that in Zan. Zan is a dog. Uh, he's not going to let up until devours where he wants it to be, although I don't think he has a clear goal because he just wants to get better and better and better. Um, I really think you guys will love this episode, and without further ado, 
Let's get into it. All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's okay, go. so I want everybody, I'm going to start this off. Uh, my name's Cena. Welcome to another episode of the Talk Too Much podcast. This week, we're going to do something a little bit differently, something I've been trying to do for a while. I'm excited. Um, you know, Zan and I, we, we have a sim- similar belief that uh, esports are going to be one of the biggest, if not the biggest industry in the world with NFTs. I think they're going to go side and side. So I've personally made it a mission going forward to not just cover NFTs, but to start to go into esports as well uh, and start to get to know you guys in the community because I really believe, and I know you you're, you probably agree with me, but I believe esports stars will be bigger than sports stars in 10 years. I think we talked about this before. So that's why I decided to start taking this step. And I see that your communities for sure headed our direct to take over and run through everything in the NFT space. So uh, Zan, if you don't mind introducing yourself to my audience and tell me, tell us exactly what you do and what team you work for. I'm Devour Zan. A lot of you may know me as Zan's Mind. Um, you know, I'm currently working for Team Devour and I've also done a bit of music promotions for Warner Brothers Music. So that that's actually very interesting. That's something I did not know when, when we had uh, had a talk. We'll definitely have to get into it. What music do you like? I like rap music. All right, perfect. And you're from the UK, so I'm assuming, do you are you in the grime rap scene or do you like US music? Do you like... I like, like- US music, drill, which is uh, really popular in the UK. So... My question is this then, what, first of all, how old are you? I'm 23. So as a 23 year old, why are you working for Team Devour? And what do you see personally in the esports industry? So uh, that's a great question. Uh, so why I'm working for Team Devour is because I created it. Uh, two years ago, was it April 2019? <laughs> Three years ago, I'm not even sure. You know, I can't even maths anymore. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, uh, so April 2019, uh, yeah, I, I created Team Devour. I first created it as like a friend group. Uh, I actually used to be very crazy at Fortnite, you know, when Fortnite was at its peak. Before all this uh, arena got introduced, everything else, everyone at that time was competing for wins, if you remember clearly. Uh, so I was actually competing against Ninja. Ninja was first in the world. I was third in the world. Uh, and that's how I made a statement. within. That's the nasty. That's pretty dope. Yeah. So That's yeah, pretty dope, bro. He had about a thousand or uh, two thousand wins by season five. I was just behind him on one thousand five hundred. Was he? Was he really? Now that I have you here, was he really as good as the hype was? Like, was he that good? Be honest. Well, as you see, Fortnite now compared to the past. Okay, when it was his time, he was insane because he was already ahead of everyone else because of his experience with FPS gaming. Like he was already competing professionally against Turner, like Tfue. Uh, so those two were definitely ahead of the game. I feel like Ninja obviously got more of the light at that time than Tifu did. But when obviously Keemstar introduced all those tournaments, Tifu took all that light away from Ninja and proved that he was better than him. And so that, so, he, okay, but he really, we can both agree that like Ninja really put, like got Fortnite, like definitely played a part in Fortnite getting bigger. Wouldn't you agree? I wouldn't even just say Fortnite. I'd say Ninja is the reason why gaming has become what it is today. Ninja has oh. put eight to ten years into this. If you really research it, uh, Twitch used to be known as Justin TV. Yeah, and Ninja was a part of that. And Ninja started it by competing in Halo. And a lot of people back then would say, "Ninja, don't do gaming. You're not going to make it." Blah blah blah. But Ninja proved everyone wrong by continuing to pursue gaming and paved the way. And the way that it really paved the way for gaming was that historical night when everyone remembers Ninja playing with Drake. That was that was the night that I heard of Ninja. Actually, that you mentioned that was that night might have been one of the like most memorable nights in gaming history, huh? Exactly. So uh, 
because of Ninja merging with, let's say, the music industry, that opened the new doors to everything. Like everyone was now thinking gaming is normal. Like before, if you remember, like a year ago, two years ago, especially parents that were like, now don't go for gaming. Gaming's going to ruin your life, blah, blah, blah. But and now in this day and age, I'm pretty sure there's a lot more parents that are supportive of people gaming. Like I've seen a lot more on Twitter where uh, parents are making Twitter accounts to support their children because now gaming is actually another way to uh, pursue a job, pursue a career, to be honest. It's funny because I do agree with you 100%. It's actually great to hear you say it. But as a guy that was ranked in the top three with him, when he yeah. blew up, did you kind of see the similar opportunity where you were just like, okay, Ninja just blew up. I'm number three. He's one. I think it's time for me to go full on in this. The thing is, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, when I was gaming, I was just one of those kids where with gaming, I just loved to play the game. I didn't really see it as a career. I didn't even see it as anything of that sort. Does that make sense? I'm tweaking the sound. No, no, it's, you're down. killing it, right? You're like being a yeah. DJ, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It keeps going down. And I'm like, why? What I was going to say is, though, why? Like, number from because uh, for people off camera, you and I have had talks uh, that's neither here nor there uh, uh, between us two about you and Team Devour. And one thing you I've noticed is you guys are a very uh, I've had a couple of interactions with many sports teams throughout the industry. You guys are very genuine. It seems like you're really about your business. And you're really about trying to make moves. And we even agreed that Team Devour is a team that they try to do everything differently and set trends. That was something you actually pointed out to me. So is that a big reason why when you started Team Devour, when you created it with your teammates, is that something that was like something you wanted to implement and be the brand of Team Devourers? We have to be set different. We have to set trends. Is that something you set your eyes on? Or is that something that just happened naturally? It's actually a, a very funny story to this, but um, when I started Team Devour, the people that you currently see working in Team Devour, completely different. So I'd say about eight months into Team Devour, I was running it solo. Uh, but when I first started Team Devour, I started it with a, like a friend group of gamers. Like we were just like in the UK gamers. Everyone, I'm going to be real with you. As the team started, I didn't actually want any responsibility of wanting to uh, own a team. I, I just wanted to play the game. I enjoyed the game, et cetera, et cetera. But then um, I got offered to a team one day. Uh, this is what opened my eyes to this industry uh, just to, you know, I, I guess play for them. You were known as a player at the time. And I joined them and I was just interested, obviously. It was getting paid a little bit. Uh, but the owner wasn't exactly the, really nice to me. So I decided to leave. Uh, and then I had Team Devour just there on the side, like just a little thing there, like just posting clips. Like I used to post insane clips there and it got a little bit of attraction. Um, and then I was just like to my friends, yo, you, we slaughter every game we go into, literally win every single game. And then one of the nights that I remember was, I think it's around December, around Christmas, we broke the world record for squads uh, kills. So we got 52, 53 on Fortnite, correct. So we, we got 52, 53 kills. And the only person that was uh, that overtook us, like I think it was a month later, was Ghost Aiden, if you remember Aiden at the time. So that's what made noise. I put that on Instagram. It did like 100K, 200K. Then people stole it and put it on Reddit and it got like millions of views all over. So people started understanding, like I'm there. It's not just Ninja, that I'm there too. Uh, but I didn't really capitalize on it because I was just a little kid back then. Just I was more of just, oh, I love the game. I want to play the game. I love Fortnite. I love Fortnite. That was me. Uh, but then when it opened me up to the industry is when um, 
you know, the game started becoming very strange. I remember when mechs got added into the game and everyone just really hated the game at the time. So I quit there. Then I put all my time and effort into Team Devour and um, that previous owner that I had would always just be like, you're never going to make it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm pretty sure if anyone's ever heard people saying stuff like, you're never going to make it. Some people take it to heart. It scars them. They can't deal with it. They quit. Me, I took that and I used that as motivation and I proved them wrong. Yeah. So it took me two days to overtake the team that he built. And from there, I just kept going and going and going. And don't get it twisted. I'm not going to say it's all sunshine and rainbows where, yeah, it was amazing to go all this way. Oh, my God, it's such hard work to get to that point. And at that time, I was in college. So I was working a nine-to-five job. I was studying. Um, I didn't really have much time to put into my team. So even a funnier story is a lot of people could sometimes say, I don't have this equipment and I don't have that. I can't make it. Here, let me, let me break it to everyone. I ran Team Devour on a mobile phone for eight months, working a nine-to-five job until I could quit and invest my money into a PC, a setup, everything else, continue to work. And then one year in, that's when I actually managed to get staff to work for me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Were you, okay, I honestly, that was the perfect way to kind of get me emotional. Like that's the type of shit I like. So before we even get into that, cause I want to break that story down. Yeah. You said it was hard work. Like were there points throughout like days where you were alone in that eight months where you were just like, fuck, this is hard. Like, I, I should put this down. Or like, you were just like doubting yourself for a little bit. Obviously, you bounced right back the next day. But like, were there nights that it weighed heavily on you? And like, how can you describe those nights? 100%. Great question. As a matter of fact, I think just recently, I tweeted about it. I said, um, if you have never had moments where you've never thought about quitting, you've never wanted it bad enough. There was moments every single day where especially with me i've got arab parents and african i'm not just full arab i'm in between the both they're both strict yeah i know um, i know the middle eastern lifestyle trust yeah, me middle eastern and african that's just like yeah, that's you're just going yeah. through the grinder there yeah correct but i'm very fortunate <laughs> to have very supportive parents my mom and dad you know my mom she wasn't angry with me she was just like uh she didn't really understand that this industry was going to become something big She's obviously uh, used to how it used to be, but now life's changed so much more since then. Um, so she'd always just look out for me. She'd just be like, go get a nine to five job. You know, you'll feel happier because I'm not going to lie to you. When I'm working very, very hard, it plays a lot uh, on your mental because you're always working. You're always striving to be the best. And you always have those thoughts. What if I never make it? What if I never make it? What if I never make it? That sits in your head and you're just there. But you, you sit there and you envision the future. And especially with me, I have a very strong mindset. So I'm always looking ahead of me and I'm like, that's my future. Imagine if I quit back then, I'd literally always sit around people and be like, I want to quit, I want to quit, I want to quit. But another thing to keep in mind, if you surround yourself with good people, they're going to always be there for you. They're going to always support you. They're going to tell you what's right from wrong. If you want to make a bad decision, they will tell you. But those, would you not agree those people are hard to find? 100% it's very hard to find and I'm honestly very grateful and fortunate to have found great people in my life and to continue to surround myself with those sort of people if anyone has any bad energy bad vibes and I can sense it I'm going to distance myself because if you surround yourself with successful people you will become successful if you surround yourself people who are hard workers you will become you know a hard worker if you surround yourself with lazy people vice versa that's exactly how it goes so with me I was fortunately enough to surround myself with great people I'd always say to them 
I want to quit. I want to quit. I want to quit. They'll just say, keep going, keep going, keep going. Even my mom, when she started supporting me, keep going, keep going. But don't get it twisted. Even when I first started, my mom was against it. She said, don't do it. She wasn't supportive of it. But when she started seeing income is coming, life was changing, everything is different. She started supporting it, of course. Uh, it's not like she, she she doesn't believe in my dream. She just wants me to take the safe route. Uh, as many people would say, live the average life. But I'm different. I don't want to live the average life. I want to take over brands. I want to, you know, take over the industry. I want to dream big. Like if I was to say right now, I want to be as big as Face Clan, you might would call me crazy. Hell no, I would believe you, bro. You need exactly. to have that conviction. But two years ago, when I first looked at, so this is actually another funny story. I was on Twitter and I was scrolling and I don't know if you know about tier lists. Who? A tier list. Oh yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there was a tier list of teams and I was there looking at it and I'm like, one day I'm going to be there. And forward it two years later, I'm on top of all those teams. And if I said two years ago to anyone, I'm going to be on the top of that tier list, they would have called me crazy. But I'm such a dog, a lion, that I want something, I'm going to get it. I'm bro, I, love, it. I fuck with that so tough, bro. <laughs> so, even now with the future of Team Devour, a lot of people are going to say, what's your vision? What are you doing? You fell off. You're stagnant. You're not wrong. But that happens to everyone. If you're in the music industry, if you're doing art, you're doing anything, you're going to come to a plateau. Something's going to become stagnant. But to keep going forward, you have to overcome obstacles. You're not going to let that kill you. Oh, you're dying. You're doing this. You're doing that. You're going to look at anything you can do to keep consistent. So my future for Team Devour is basically, you know, I'm looking to, to get an investment into the team. And then as soon as all of that is situated, so the name Devour. Devour is to consume, to, to basically dominate. I don't want to just dominate this industry. I want to take over the content industry, the apparel industry. I want to brand devour everywhere. I want to put the logo. The NFT the industry. The NFT industry, exactly. And I'm very glad that you came uh, to me about that because that opened me up to a, a whole new realm. As a matter of fact, this entire week I stayed studying that. So uh, I'm very interested in NFTs now. And I know one thing about you, just from hearing you talk, you you have the mindset to like pierce this industry. Not only do you have the brand, but I think the number one thing about why I believe in you now, I never heard this side of you. I use like, I love like, you have that Middle Eastern dog in you, bro. Like yeah. it's the same thing my dad has. Like, it's just something that I, when I see someone with it, I instantly relate. And I wanted to ask you a question about, sorry to interrupt, but you, I, I, I don't want to lose track of this. You were talking about uh, you really quickly about bad energy and how you you distance yourself from it so two questions number one do you think that to reach your goals because i know you have very big goals you can't even afford some bad a little bit of bad bad energy in your life do you think like that when as soon as you someone crosses that like line or as soon as you send something like what i'm trying to say is why do you have that like red alarm why do you distance yourself right away why don't you get to know them better what's your thought process there so a bit of background about myself as well is uh, where I'm currently living is very rough. So I basically grew up around the hood. So it's not exactly sunshine and rainbows. So as you grow up, you're more aware, you're more alert to anything dodgy, anything weird, anything that will give you bad energy. So that's make, made me very psychologically strong. So I could just tell if somebody has good intentions or someone has bad intentions. For example, uh, what I really like dislike about some people in this industry is a lot of people get egos in this industry yeah um and rather than helping other people they're just ego they think they're superior but don't get it twisted my bro you could have your time right now but give it one year two years don't forget karma is always there karma will always yeah, bite bro. you 
if you're good to people, you will get rewarded. It doesn't have to be now. It doesn't have to be next year. It could be 10 years from now. If you continue to be good to people, changing people's lives, you can suffer for two to three years. But guess what? Maybe in your 10 years that you've waited, you're going to live happily ever after. And what I mean by that is one of my idols that I look up to is Rick Ross. He's a musician in Florida, uh, Miami, Florida. Yeah. And it took him 10 years to get to where he is. He did music. He did a lot of dodgy stuff in the background to try to get to where he is. Um, and he kept going and he kept going and he kept going. It took one music track to get him signed by uh, Jay-Z's label for $10 million. And from there, he took his career to the next level. Even me, I sit and have the conversation with my mom in the past where I'm like, mom, all these people are coming out of nowhere with a lot of money, getting all this success, and I'm still not there. What's going on? I'm not happy. My mom sat me down. She said, listen, son, it's not your time. When your time comes, it will come. Right now, it's just basically you learn from it. So what she means by that is basically all these people can come on board, have all this money, have this blah, 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 have all this hype temporarily. But going into the future, they might not be around. And she was correct. Because all these teams, when I was saying that to her, they came and they're not here no more. And she said, the reason being is because you've learned from the hard way. Because you're here struggling, you're suffering, you're learning every single day. So when your time comes, you're going to be stable. You know exactly how to handle everything. You're not going to have this fame and money all rushed towards you and then you're completely lost. You don't know what to do. You're going to be... You're going to have longevity. You're going to have exactly. longevity. Exactly. And do you think that, do you think that for you to have this mind, did you have this mindset, like the way you're talking to me, did you have that? I know you were always a dog, but did you have this exact mindset two years ago? Or do you think the scar, the pain of not even pain, but like, you know, the trenches, you went through the trenches of work. Do you think that's what formed this mindset? So what actually formed this mindset, as a matter of fact, is uh, growing up when I was a kid, I actually suffered anorexia. And uh, doctors would always say, I can never break out of it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then a, a huge phrase that I believe in is everything happens for a reason. One day, you know, we ended up going to Dubai. There was like a Popeye's restaurant next door and I'd eat it every single day. It was like a new different flavor and it was like a craze to me. And that helped me put on a lot of size. And I got back to the UK, I started going to the gym every single day. And I'd get a lot of people, especially in my school, because I went to a really rough school as well, I forgot to mention, um, is that a lot of people would nag me about me being anorexic. I'm never going to grow this, that, chicken arm, chicken legs. But I'm just a dog. I'm not going to let that scar me and hurt me. I'm going to cry about it. I'm going to do whatever I can to prove people wrong that I'm, I'm going to get to that size. I'm going to do whatever I want. Anytime, anything, like someone could come to me today and say, you're never going to be rich. You're never going to make it. I'm going to say, cool, remember this right now. Give me two years, 10 years, 11 years, 20 years. If, if I'm alive, I'm going to do it. You're going to see me do it. And I continuously keep proving that. Even when coming up with Devour, a lot of community teams are confused why this team was growing so fast. They were like, this is shady, blah, blah, blah. They never knew behind the scene there was a dog always ready, active, watching, uh, analyzing, doing everything they can to improve. That was me all the time. Why do you think, Zan, why do you think that you mentioned that when you started Team Devours, you and a group of friends, yeah. and you, you were very straight up, you said that you were chasing other opportunities in the esports industry, then you came back and went ham. And you said that they're not even here anymore. And I'm not trying to point fingers or anything. I'm asking you, why do you think that, it, why did you stick with it for, for two years? And why did they fall off? When originally you weren't the one putting in effort. 
So where, with why I stuck around with it, um, remember the previous owner that I mentioned, he would continuously bash in my DMs how I'll never make it. And that was just motivation where it's just like, I'm going to prove him wrong. And I proved him wrong. And then your next question will be, okay, you proved him wrong. Why, uh, wh why did you continue? Then that opened the doors for other communities and other people to see there's a lot of competition around me and that they want to be better than me. Cool. I like competition. It, it gets me very excited. So then my next goal was to overtake the next team and the next team and the next one and the next one, like a little chart, that tier list that I mentioned. So I went from one to the next, to the next, to the next. And that there was my motivation to be better than everyone else, to keep going, to keep going. It, it sounds a bit crazy, but it's just like, I love to be the best at anything that I do. That's just always been my mentality. That's how my mom raised me, isn't it? So, but don't get it twisted. Just because I'm the best at something or I'm going to reach the peak, that's not going to change me. I'm going to still remain the same. People hit me up right now in the DMs and they, they expect to get egoed. I respond to them. They're like, wow, you actually responded to me. Of course, we're all human. We all bleed the same. Why wouldn't I respond to you? The only times it could get annoying is, of course, some people just they try to use you for bad intentions, for your for clout, for this, yeah. for that. But I sense that I know who there who's there to support me for the right reason and who's there uh, just temporarily or just fake. But and can we be honest, day, like when people DM you, just a word of advice. I feel like if they were genuine consistently, eventually you would promote them out of your own free. You would just do it to be nice randomly, not like these people that constantly ask, because I, I feel that, too. Like, I feel that something that I just took from what you said is is and let me know if you agree is it's that you could have all these qualities, but honestly, a big factor as to what you're going to do in life is how solid you are as a person. Do you agree? Exactly. Um, and what uh, I've really valued the most out of everything in the world is family. Family is what means the most to me in this world. Um, a lot of people might obviously not be able to experience that because of the different ways they grow up. But with me, my mom and dad, when I grew up, it was hard for me at the time. But I'm very fortunate that they actually ended up coming together and then they, they they stopped buying me throughout everything. And whenever I wake up, who's in front of me? Family. Whenever I'm outside, who do I go back home to? Family. When I'm outside with my friends, especially my close ones, what are they to me? They're family. Because even my friends, you know, I meet their families and they become family to me too. So what have I done with Team Devour? I turned it into a family where it's just you know, the same mindset as me. I don't want them to have no egos. I want them to, to remain very professional, respectful, humble, that keyword, humble. Even if, you know, we make it and go to the top, I'm going to remain humble. But I'm let's, let's, remain let's, let's not get it twisted. Let's explain to our audience because you just, you, what you're showing right now isn't cockiness. It's confidence. You're not Brilliant. downplaying anybody specifically. You're just saying, yeah. I'm a dog. I'm going to get it. And no one's going to stand in my way. You're not even attacking yeah. anybody specifically. No. I just can I say something really quickly is um, so I'm going to relate to your story real quick. It's actually hilarious. And then after that, I want to go into Team Devour. But this was a picture of me when I was in high school. So sorry for the bad quality, but I was I was kind of anorexic, too. I don't know if I was diagnosed, but I was really skinny. And that was my number one pet peeve. Also, uh, I'm Middle Eastern as well. Very strict parents here in the U.S. So like hearing you talk just like that. Um, it just reminded of a kid like me in just another uh, another country because and I want to ask you this because you and I have very, very similar mindsets. That's all I'm going to say. So when you show this mindset, because this is a problem I've dealt with in my life, when you like have this energy, like I'm a dog, I'm getting it. When you talk like that, when you ex put out that energy, do you feel like certain people in your life have been like 
put off by that or like not been able to handle that energy. Do you know what I'm trying to say there? No, I completely understand. Sometimes you, you might think people might think it's too much or like, whoa. But it's just like, obviously, in, in this circumstance, I'm going to portray that because I want people to understand, you know, you never know. Somebody could watch this right now and, and actually watch what I'm saying and become the next, you know, whoever. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it out of cockiness or confidence or whatever. I'm just saying it how it is. This is me. If you want to know who I am, I'm a dog. I've, I'm going to take, you know, whatever I can to get to the top. And I'm going to do no matter what I can. You know, I'm going to work very, very hard. Because who's another person that works very hard in this industry? KSI. KSI was a YouTuber. KSI has now gone into music. KSI has now gone into boxing. And I met KSI back in 2005 or 2004, somewhere along those lines. And he sat down and he told me the same thing. You know, if you want to chase something, go for it. Just go for it. Don't even think about it. Just do it. You know, it might take some time, but you'll get there. And I'm very fortunate around the people that I've met. Even one of my best friends, Yusuf Ahmadi, you might know him, you might not. But when he was doing YouTube, uh, he was getting millions and millions of views. Like uh, he could he put 24-hour uh, videos. You remember those 24-hour challenge videos uh, where you go stay at a place for 24 hours? Oh, yeah. Like, he created one of those trends. Uh, and I'm very fortunate that he was able to mentor me and keep me straight. And even when I launched Team Devour, he supported me the whole time. And I've just been surrounded by, you know, successful people the whole time in my life. And I'm, I'm very grateful for it. And it's turned me into who I am right now because I'm learning from them. And even behind the scenes, I don't even mention it to many people. I keep myself to myself. You don't even see me say much on social medias. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of teams within this community that have actually helped behind the scenes as an advisor, just because I want to see other people succeed. Because, you know, there's enough in this industry for everyone to eat. You don't have to just sit there all the time bashing on people. There's enough in this industry for everyone to eat. And at the end of the day, as human beings, what do we strive to do? We strive to make money for our own well-being, to, to keep surviving. So, of course, there's going to be people in the world who are greedy, but of course, there's going to be people in the world who are great people that just want that little bit of a boost. And if I'm that person that's helped somebody come out from the trenches, from where like they're very struggling to, to come into the top or just somewhat stable, I'm happy because I've changed someone's life. And my granddad, as a matter of fact, shares the same name as me. And my mom told me the story that he always loved to help people. And the fact that it turned into me is kind of strange. But um, I met somebody the other day who told me, like, you know, like a psychic. They told me there's somebody that's always watching over my shoulders. And it's always my mom and dad. Those were the two key factors. But there's always my granddad who I never met. As a matter of fact, he passed away when I was born. So it's actually a crazy relation how me and him have the same name and we operate the same way as well. And like, he's always watching over my shoulder, even though I've never met him. It just proves at the end of the day, family is there through thick and thin, even if they're not in the actual real world. I actually, it's kind of like a passing on of the torch in a way, right? Correct. Like, And I actually, for me personally, everybody that knows me, uh, you can even check my personal Twitter bio. Uh, my, my family, uh, my little sister, Sarah, and, and my father, my mother, th those are the most, that's everything to me. Even my grandparents too, but um, I'm kind of with you in the sense of like, Everybody goes out and, you know, on Fridays to bars. I live alone. So on Fridays, I go to my parents' house and I watch a movie with them because that's more fun than buying drinks for for girls that won't go home with you, that will probably disrespect you, probably won't aren't there for you. So for me, I'm kind of uh, with the same mindset as you. And, and not only that, but 
I kind of told myself at the beginning of 2020, I was like, all right, you're going to jail, like mentally, like you're not talking to no one, you're locking in and you're going to learn marketing. And that's what I did all 2020 until this year, NFTs came. And for me, I'm kind of 100% like the same exact mindset you have that you just said. I, I literally like when I wake up, I just like, like walk in a circle around my living room out here for like 20 minutes with my headphones in. And I picture myself talking in front of millions of people. And people call me stupid and say I'm wasting time. But it generally, and I have goosebumps right now. I just, it, I'm really like that. Like to me, it's do or die. Like we have to be, reach that level of greatness. There's no other option. And that's why when you were talking just now, I really related to it. And I want to actually transition from, from your mindset and how it's actually seen in Team Devour. Because I had, I talked to a couple of members from Team Devour and they're all just like you, great people, genuine people, but motivated. They're dogs, like yeah. straight up. So can you please describe to me when you were after the eighth month, when, eight months, when you started assembling people to your crew, when you finally got over that first hump, did you make it a point to get people like yourself, like dogs? And then number two is you mentioned egos in the industry. How do you, because I kind of agree, there are a lot of egos within the esports industry. And as there should be, there are young kids that are doing things adults aren't doing. So, you know, it's kind of understandable. How do you deal with egos? That's what I was going to say. Okay, so the first question. So after that eight months time period, um, the the guy that I bumped into was actually Mitchell, uh, as you might know him. Um, so with him, all right, this is going to shock a lot of people. I had a pro player on my team who was actually insane at the game. Mitchell was an editor for him. No Twitter, no Instagram, no YouTube, nothing. He's verified no now. Yes, he was nothing, no one at the time. No one, like people would disrespect him, ego him, just rude to him. But I did my research one night. Let me backtrack a little bit. So why I actually started getting people eight, um, after the eight months is because remember, I was that dog, but I was working extremely hard. I would, I'm working with Americans, bear in mind. So I'd go two days or three days without sleep just because I'm sitting there watching everything on my phone, watching everything, scared, watching, watching, scared, watching, scared. And then I started to become very sick. I ended up going to hospital for high blood pressure. And that's when I realized if I want to continue this business, I need somebody beside me. So one night, you know, I, uh, I gave it to one of my close friends. Um, I said, yo, can you do this and do that? He failed. You know, he couldn't handle it. Then I looked a bit more into, like I keep it within the community, within my team. I don't like looking outside of it. I like to keep it within that family. Really quickly, sorry to interrupt. Were you, how did you, were you rude? Like, how did you, did you take that easily when he failed or were you frustrated? When he failed, no, it's just me and him are close friends. We're best friends. Um, you know, we played Fortnite together for a long time. He just said he couldn't do it. So you're just, okay. I, said, I was like, okay, fair enough, bro. Thank you for letting me know. I'm just going to look for someone else. And he stayed a, a part of the team. Like, don't get twisted. Like, if you can't do something, you can't do it. I'm, I'm going to be there to support you. I'm going to appreciate you uh, for everything that you've done for all the memories you shared. Of course, now they're not on the team because they wanted to pursue real life stuff, like a real job. But I still stay in contact with them. I still love them. You know, a lot of people on Team Devour that aren't on the Team Devour right now, I still stay in contact with them. I still have the same love for them. It's not going to change. You know, everyone's just got to explore different ways to make money, different ways to live. You know, that's how it goes. And so, um, yeah, so what happened with Mitchell after? So, yeah, with Mitchell, it's just like um, uh, I looked into him and I was just like, I, I couldn't really tell like what he's doing, but he was working very hard to edit for this kid. And this kid was very hard to work with. Like he was like kind of toxic at the time, but Mitchell was putting up with it. 
And I just, I just said to Mitchell, yo, Mitchell, have you got any uh, experience in anything like in this industry? He's like, no. So then I just was like, Mitchell, let's have a call. Let's sit down. Cool. Set him down. I was like, this is what I do on the day-to-day task. This, 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 this. It took him about a week or two to understand that what, everything I was doing is insane. He was literally said, everything you're doing is insane. Like, he doesn't understand how I'm physically standing because I was doing everyone's tasks. Like I was doing the Insta, the YouTube, the Twitter, the marketing, the finding the sponsors, the this, the that, everything was just me. And that's multiple uh, roles in a company. And I was doing every single role to the point where I became sick. So I told him what to do and how to do it. And he just became like my mirror. He knew everything I'm doing and he learned very quickly. And he's such a smart kid that he learned very, very quick. Then it was just me and him working. And something that I loved about that kid is he'd always work hard and he never asked me, can I have a raise? Can I have like a promotion? Can I have this? Can I have money? Can I have any of that sort? This kid would work hard, work hard, treat it like his own business and just keep supporting me at the same time. So me and him were now working together. I think it was around his birthday. Out of the kindness of my heart, I was like, Mitchell, you know, you treat the shit like your own. I'm going to give you a part of the team. And he was just shocked. He announced it. And this is when Mitchell was born. Everyone started to know who Mitchell is. Then Mitchell took it into his own hands and became who he is today. And what about, and that honestly, I, I got to know Mitchell pretty well too. And I know that uh, he's also super into NFTs as well. So I think that I was already astounded by this dude, but it's crazy to hear you actually say the story of how he came up from the trenches, from how he got it out the mud, literally. literally. So what about, because we both had talked about these egos all over the industry. And when you guys, you and Mitchell, like it seems like Mitchell was your type of person, but yeah. I'm sure that more people have come your way. I don't know if they were or weren't. How do you deal with egos when you come across them? So the thing is, even right now in this current day, um, I still get egoed. And it's funny uh, because let's, let's forward back a few, like a year ago, people that egoed me back then are now in my DMs asking me for YouTube strategies or marketing help or music promos or this or that. Remember, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to forgive, but I'm not going to forget. I know how you did me dirty. I know you never supported me, but, you know, I'm going to What does that mean? What does that out. mean, forgive, not forget? Are you, you're not going to do... I'm going to forgive, like, as in the current time, I'm going to forgive, like, what they did to me in the past. Like, they never helped me. They, they made me struggle to get to this point. But I'm not going to forget that they did me dirty, such as um, I'm just going to always remember. It's just something that scars you, in it? You just remember that this person never helped you. They so switched up or they weren't solid. They just wasn't solid with you and they were never 100 with you. Um, so in the sense of I'll forgive them, it's because that scar made me stronger. It made me open to oh, there's going to be people in this industry who have egos now. So I'm not going to be oblivious to it or like, oh, this guy's never responded to me. What's going on? What did I do wrong? You know what I mean? It's just now educating me that there's people like that in this industry, but that's how it gets. Um, but honestly, everyone has an ego. I'm going to be real. Everyone has an ego. And what I mean by that is that you can't respond to every single person. It's physically impossible. So there's some people, like I mentioned before, they have bad intentions. So you're not going to respond to them because they have bad intentions and you've got bad energy vibes from them. You're going to ego that. But there's a lot of cases where I could be working with somebody or doing something. Uh, like I'll give a good example. I was working with this team um, and uh, I helped them a lot behind the scenes. They were stagnant. They were dying. Um, and then they got verified. I asked them, yo, can you help me get verified? They egoed. That's, that's um, a switch up. That's not cool. 
that's not and cool. I, and I put time and effort into it. Like I was in their team meetings. I was taking notes. I was doing their YouTube. I was doing this. I was doing that. That was an investment on your part. Exactly. And I generated actual results for them to keep them steady. Um, and then when, when um, they get verified, they can't help me back. I, was, I just thought that was odd. That's, that's the type of weird ego where you've helped somebody and they haven't helped you back, which don't get it wrong. Even if you help someone, don't expect to, to get help back. But it's just out of the kindness of your heart. Surely you're going to help just a tiny bit, you know? And that's what just shocked me. I was like, that's kind of... But people, I want to make a comment on that is people always say you should help people without expecting anything in return. And that's true because if you do, you're going to get burned. Like you just said, that's just, Mm -hmm. people aren't fair. People, 99.9% of people aren't like you, uh, Zan. Like they're not, they don't have the, they wouldn't, 99.9% of people would never say the sentences you just said the last half an hour to me. They would not say no one. Do you understand how unique it is for someone to say I'm a dog? Like that is weird. People be like, what? What do you mean? So I just want to make it a point that I feel like to me uh, in business, you have to when you help someone like it is an investment. You can't you said it best. You can't just be oblivious. And it's it's very important to stay solid. But you you from your years of experience in this business and this industry, you know that it's cutthroat. Like you can't you have to have some of that energy with you. And I'm not saying be not be solid. But like when you when you when I help someone in my industry, like like for like, let's say let's say I were to do a video for someone. Right. Like, hey, do you need me to edit a video? I'll reach out to some of my editors. Yeah, that's from the kindness of my heart. But that's an investment. That's the name of the game is I'm trying to better myself. You're trying to better yourself. How can we come together? And so I kind of I definitely feel you on that. Like there's been times where my certain some of my guests, like I, I would reach out to them, big, big guests earlier on. They wouldn't even promote my episode. They do this episode. And then I, I would just I don't even ask anybody because I never expected it. But like when I put out a clip, not even a like, not even a favorite. It's kind of like and you're tweeting random stuff. It is a little bit of a hit. And so when you said forgive, not forget, I definitely, definitely related to that because if you hold that with you, don't you think that affects you and your business as you go on? I mean, at the same time, it's just like the forgive and forget aspect of things. It's just like, I'll relate it back to the dog mentality. Cool, you egoed me now, but I'm gonna, I don't know how to make this out. Okay, it's just like, I know you egoed me now, but I know in the future, I'm gonna be better than you at the time. And you're gonna come back to me for help. That's it relates back to the dog mentality. That that's just how I, I have it in my head. Because a year ago, two years ago, me and Mitchell would get egoed by everyone, but especially Mitchell would get disrespected a lot because he was like no social media presence. Um, but now they're all up in our DMs. Do you get what I'm saying? Like the roles are switched quick. And it's just like you never know if you whoever you're egoing, they could actually be your, your ticket to success. You you don't know. You don't know who, what they're about. You don't know what their mentality is like. You don't know what their mindset's like. You don't know what they're about. You know, like I could have ego your DM, and I would have never known that you've got this dog mentality that you you're into NFTs. I and have to prove that. Hey, I have to prove that to you. I can't you're, just talk. I have to prove that. Right, right, right. But if I egoed you, how would I have known that? You get what I'm saying? Or if my people, like people in my team, had the same mentality as me, as we we ego everyone. We have never had this conversation. You'd have never known about us. Honestly, you know? I want to say thank you for that because you're you're so right. So many sports teams, people I, I grew up with and I was cool with, uh, they they egoed me just because I feel like some egoed me just out of insecurity. Some just because they they think they're that big. And they I, I believe in all of these, all of you guys. I really, here's the thing about people that ego me is like, 
I believe in them. I don't take it personally. Like, whatever, that's your mindset. That's your mindset. It'll eat you up one day. But that doesn't mean they won't be great. So I still believe in these people. But yeah, I want to make it a point to say thank you because I actually did. I actually appreciated that. I was when I email, when I DM'd you guys and you all responded. I was like, they won't respond. They all all you guys responded something. I was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's just like. It comes back to the aspect of who you're hanging around with and the type of people. So like for me, if, if I made everyone in my team become egotistical people, just not responding to anyone, they're all going to do that. They're not responding to you. But because I made my people understand, just respond to people, be humble, you know, you're all human. They all have the same mindset. And that's what I love about the team is we're all similar. We all have the same mindset. And we understand where you need to ego and where you don't need to ego. But at the same time, we, we're open to everything. We're open to listen to anyone. We're not just going to read and ignore. If and, it sounds interesting, I'm going to listen. And Zan, tell me about, about your team a little bit, because I want to actually transition into, into the infrastructure of your team and where it's at in the esports industry. So Team Devour is one of the bigger teams in the esports industry. And you guys, we, when we were talking off camera, you guys really made it, as I said earlier in the show, you guys made it a point to let everybody know, like, we are trendsetters in this industry. How would you describe Team Devour? Um, and I know you not opposed to other teams, but how would you describe right now for my fans who don't know, for the NFT people watching who aren't as familiar with esports, how would you describe Team Devour to them? And where do you see Team Devour's future? So how I would describe Team Devour is, okay, I'm going to be honest, Team Devour, we're, right now we're into gaming. You know, we're based from Fortnite, but we, we transitioned into Valorant and other things, such as myself, I do real life content. I literally go out in public and I film. Um, so it's just Team Devour, what I aspire to make it be is like Sidemen and FaceFan, where they're creating content continu continuously and consistently. Like they have, you know, IRL content, which they always, always do. Um, and then they've done gaming, you know, but, they get, but all of these people, they came from gaming. You always start from somewhere to get to the next level. So that's where I'm at right now is I understand I'm going to have to go through this gaming aspect and then get to that next level. So that's what we're doing. We're, we're through gaming right now. We're going to stay consistent with it. And as soon as, you know, uh, we get like a huge investment or whatever comes to us, you know, you, you can't predict what happens. Tomorrow I could wake up with a DM from Drake, you know, anything could happen in this world. Uh, so as soon as something like that could happen to me, I know how to take it to the next level. I'm going to set trends. I'm going to develop it one by one, step by step. And slowly and slowly, you're going to see different things coming from Team Devour. So like this NFT thing, if we dropped it, it's going to be something unique. And I'm very interested in it because, you know, it's now booming. And especially this entire week, I've just been researching NFTs and I like it. I'm actually a little bit addicted to it. I haven't started, but I'm getting... Bro, if you really think about it, if you really think about it, NFTs, because like in five, 10 years, I, as I said, I believe gaming is going to take over everything. I don't see 10 years from now, Humans will not go to work at these jobs. They're going to go put on their VR glasses and play competitive games to make money for their family. Robots are going to be doing these jobs. That's literally what's happening right now. Yeah. And so for me, NFTs are right now, these assets like my cool cats, they will for sure be in either the next Super Smash Bros. Maybe not because that's a Nintendo series, but like certain games like these assets. These are the assets that play to earn gamified platforms are going to be using later on in the future. I think NFTs, as I said, gaming represents the platforms NFTs will be used in. in I'm going opinion. to be 100% honest. Um, I actually think esports and NFTs are going to link together very yeah. strong. 
And reason being is I came from the Overwatch community. And if you remember with Overwatch, you have a sprays and they were like little pixels. Every time you spray that on a wall, especially now Valorant's got the same thing. You spray those things on a wall. The first thing that comes to mind now, I'm just like one of those people. That's an NFT. Like if you look at it, that's an NFT. And it's just like now because a lot of gamers, and I did a research about this. Gamers, what do you buy? You buy skins. You buy all this. NFTs are the same thing. And then for all the, you know, old people such as myself, like 23, 25, 30, back in the days, we were collecting Pokemon cards. It's the same equivalent, but the digital version of it. 100%. And I'm, I'm with you there. Also, uh, Team Devourer's NFT collection will probably, as a, not even probably, if this does go, go through, it'll be one of the best. I believe, you know, damn well, I believe it's going to be one of the most unique projects out there that will, for me, as I said, there's not been, and I'll, t- I'll just say it. there's not been a crazy crossover between esports and NFTs. There's been like FaZe Banks and we the, he has to be doing something, in my opinion. But like he's been dabbling in crypto punks, but there hasn't been, um, I think, a project that really creates like the stigma of like, yo, esports is here. Yeah, we're parking our car in your space. We're here. Let's combine. Let's join. There hasn't been something like that. And I think 2022 is going to be that. And so I want to, I was, I was going to ask you is team devour is a gaming, uh, an esports team. It's a professional esports team. What do you think? Cause we talked about, there's two methods to growing an esports team, competitive play. And this is for my NFT audience that doesn't know and content creation. And as a manager, it's on you to find a way the ratio that works most effectively for your team to take your team to the next level in your experience. Number one, going forward, what's your mindset? How do you split apart gaming, like professional gaming competitiveness and content creation going forward for Team Devour. So how you split the professional gameplay and uh, content, it's, it's simple. It's just like with professional gameplay, it's like obviously these people, they put hours and hours into scrimming, into practice, into doing all this, uh, and they have to dedicate all their time into that. But with content creators, they obviously have to dedicate all their time to, to create content. But don't get it twisted. I actually don't support splitting the pros and the content creators. As a matter of fact, I get the pros to create content because if you don't make it from being a pro, because sometimes, okay, let's say like one of my closest friends right now, uh, he's known as Wolfies. He plays second in the World Cup. Um, and, you know, he's he always tells me he doesn't enjoy the game anymore, but he's already proven to be the best. So what would the next step be for him? As an example, it would be like going from pro to just content creation. While Fortnite is still alive, just create content. Because creating content, you, you can generate revenue from YouTube, you can generate revenue from streaming, and you just keep consistent and building a, an audience from there. And then from there, the next game could come out, or if he wants to transition to real-life content, because now he's surrounding himself with like other real-life creators, you can go to real-life content, and you already built an established fan base that would still support you. So then you just go from one step to the next, just like that. Just like with Sidemen, they went from gaming, from GTA to FIFA, to this, to that, to now where they are now. But it took years to get to that point. But I understand it's going to take me years to get to that point. But I'm ready for that journey. And as I said, you said it earlier, you never know, though. Like we, I, you have the mindset that you're willing to stay as long as it takes. But you never know what might happen. Like, I think that there's a saying success is when uh, opportunity meets preparation, I think, or luck meets yeah. preparation. Uh, but whatever the case may be is whatever comes your way, you've been preparing yourself for it coming. Like you've been, you've set yourself up to be able to handle that moment. So it might take years, 
who knows when it might take months. But I think that's the number one thing is that I, I that I got from this is the the work, the trenches, that the journey that you went through to get here. Um, the results, getting just getting the results, would not have equipped you with this mindset or this strength. Maybe like yeah. I feel like this experience really transformed you into like you know a stud. And so when you look at Team Devour, as you said, going forward, what are your goals for this team? What what do you want to do? Where do you see this team? I'm saying because you said earlier, you said that it was bold. You said that one day you guys will be where Face Clan is. So what do you think? Like where do you see like Team Devour being like Face Clan? How do you see it in your head? So how I see it in my head is because um, of how quick we grew and how well structured we are. And what I mean by well structured, it's very rare, especially in the space right now, to have very good management especially people who relate to each other like you you see it in me you see I'm a dog but you can see the dog in my other partners and that's rare because you don't really get to see that much in this community because there's a lot of issues such as greed there's a lot of issues such as just things not working out you, you know what I mean but because we all have the similar mindset we're all young as well um, we want to keep going and we want to keep chasing this and I'm always researching. I'm always looking to be better. Just like I mentioned that I researched the NFT space because I could have come into this meeting completely oblivious to what NFTs is. But I really want to understand the industry because if we are going to do something together, I want to really do this well. Like I want to create a trend I want to, and I want to dominate it. So that's exactly what I am. And that's what exactly my partners will be too. Um, it's just like, yeah, just... NFTs is, is, trust me, it's going to go very far. Why are you so convinced? What made you become, because you, what made you get so convicted in, in NFTs recently? What, that's a great question as well. So what made me think about it is Pokemon cards. Even till this day, they're being traded for thousands of dollars. And that's a collectible. And when I looked into NFTs, it's the same thing. It's a collectible, but it's just the digital aspect of it. And there's no difference. Having the physical form or the digital form of it, it's the same thing at the end of the day. And it just relates back to that conversation of how now NFTs has become such a global phenomenon that um, it's tapped into everyone. It's tapped into the art industry. It's tapped into the music industry. It's tapped into the gaming industry because it has a bit of everything. You can sell your art as an NFT. You can, I don't know oh, about music clips. yet. Yeah, you yeah. can do music. You can do music. Maybe you can do music. I haven't seen, but there you go. There's another one. And now with gaming, the gamers are going to be interested in it because some people, it's a quick buck. They can flip. And that's another market. There's people that, you know, do flipping. They do eBay flipping, Amazon flipping. Boom. That's another. Exactly. That's another market right there. So NFTs has really just tapped into all these markets because of the pandemic as well. Everyone's at home. They've got spare money. Let, let me ask you a quick question because you're a pro gamer and I actually want to hear your perspective of, on this. Like I didn't even have planned to ask you this question, but I just yeah. thought of it. So NFT games right now are on-chain software. You're building this, these games on-chain or you're storing the data off-chain in IFPS, which means the blockchain is, is, isn't like a centralized internet server. Like it can get congested and it can't run well sometimes. That's why you need layer two scaling solutions on it and this, then the third. So right now, I think NFT games are great because there's a, there's a lot of them out there. Not the most, not Unreal Engine 5 graphics, but their play to earn mechanisms is what make them important. Like you can make Axie Infinity, you can literally make a career's worth of money in a year. Many people in the Philippines quit their jobs. But my constant like criticism of these NFT games, and let me know if you agree, because Alluvium's coming out next year and it might change this, is the graphics. I keep going back to the fact that like, I feel like gamers to really hit that next level, 
like there needs to be Unreal Engine 5 graphics or like top of the line graphics in all these games. So from a pro gamer's perspective, do you agree with that? And do you see it happening within the next five years? I mean, at the end of the day, I think quality is very important. And obviously, if they value their quality, then it should do pretty well. You know what I mean? Um, that's that's just it, basically. Quality is going to be very important. If they release something that doesn't look aesthetically pleasing, why would they? Why would anyone play it? Yeah, why would they? So do you think that it'll take, like, how fast do you think it'll take? Do you think that one day, like, you as an esports team will be competing with NFT assets and play-to-earn games like Fortnite, for example? I'm invested in something called uh, MetaHero Universe, which I was going to send you after regardless because they're the next, they're the blockchain Fortnite. That's what they're trying to be, and they just signed with a big talent agency. But um, basically, do you think that there's going to be a day, and how long till we get there if you do, where you as an esports team are now managing competitive players with NFT assets, playing like Call of Duty with NFT assets, stuff like that. So in terms of how long, you can't really put a time limit on it because look at the world, bro. It's like, it's insane. Everything is just, it's like a movie. You know, the world right yeah. now, it honestly feels like a movie. Like I didn't ever expect I'm going to wake up one day, open my eyes. You're not allowed to go outside. Like, is what? that still where, where you're at? No, That's no, no, no. But when when it happened in the UK, I was locked inside for two years. Couldn't leave the house for two years. That's crazy. What did you do? Were you like, like, what do you mean? Like, they would not let you leave the house? So the only time that you're allowed to go outside is for 10, 20 minutes exercise to go to the shops. But you have a, you have to have a note that you're going to the shops to get food. And then you During 2020? Out. Yeah. Bro, what the f- and was it really that bad out there in the UK? I mean, I personally didn't get affected by it because those two years is what made me make Team Devour. So I invested all my team, uh, all my time into Team Devour within those two years. I made it very productive. But let's just say I never had this and, uh, and, I, and I wanted to go outside. And yes, it probably would have affected my mental health because I loved going to the gym. And that's what helped me uh, with my mental health. But yeah, two years, it was just straight at home, straight in front of this computer. I was already used to that lifestyle because I was already into computers. I did computer science in the first year of college. And then the next three years I did uh, graphics design. Um, but yeah, I don't really use graphics design anymore, but I just still like, you know, doing computer science and learning. That about plays coding. a role though. That definitely all yeah. ties together in your ability to create content though, right? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, with YouTube, I studied YouTube for a long time and then I studied uh, you know graphics design in college so then i put that together so that's how i understand the thumbnails uh such as ctr your audience retention so i know exactly how to target the audiences and as time goes by i keep learning i keep learning i keep getting better and better um all i just need is my time as it comes back to that conversation and when my time comes i know exactly how to capitalize on it and what i mean by that is actually kind of recently let's just say last year let's say last year uh, i started posting on tiktok just as another hobby. I, I, I don't know. With me, I'm just crazy. I just find something and I just like to experiment. And if it hits, it hits, you know? I just like having a great time and trying different things. So I started doing TikToks on, on Amigo. And uh, it was something new to me. I was just doing it for fun, just having a great time. I mean, what else can I do? I can't physically go outside to meet people. I had to meet people here. And I turned that into content and I started getting millions of views on TikTok. And then one of them one day hit 9.3 million views. And that's what shot me up there on TikTok uh, and I hit like 80,000 followers. Uh, and then I kept being consistent with that, but then I got bored. You know, when you keep doing the same thing, sitting at home in front of a camera, you get bored. Anything you do, if you do a lot of it, you're going to get bored, you know? And I took a six month break 
just because I was very demotivated. I could have quit my TikTok, um, but then because I'm very knowledgeable in how to stay consistent with content and how to target audiences, I took that six month break and then I came back to it. There was, remember that the baby trend? Like yeah. the, everyone was talking about the baby. I came back after that six months, did that trend. It, it did good. It did 60,000 views. Not the same as my million as before. But that's to be expected. You were gone for six months. Correct. Correct. And I still have 80,000 followers. So that means at least 20,000 must have seen it. Uh, sorry. 60. I can't math. 60. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can't math no more. <laughs> I, I really can't math. Anyway. Um, so 60,000, sorry. Yeah. And then um, I came back six months later and I was just thinking to myself, I'm going to do a, a bit more research into my TikTok. I'm not going to let it die because a lot of people, they're going to be like, my TikTok page is dead. I'm going to quit. I don't want to do it no more. You know, you hear it a lot. Uh, I had that conversation with some of my people. I was like, I'm going to quit it. I can't do it. It's just dead. It's just dead. It's just dead. It comes back to that, you know, people are there for me. They're like, no, just keep going. Keep going. Keep going. I did. Six months later, I just come outside in public, literally in my city. So I stepped outside my comfort zone. So this is anything to do with my esports life, just outside my comfort zone and went outside filming in public, put it up on TikTok, and now it's on 250,000 views. So it just proves that because I know my audience retention, I, I concentrate on my uh, analytics for the retention of how long people watch, what they want to watch, uh, especially the, the drama, you know, like if you make it very emotional, or there's a twist towards it at the end, that's why people will stay watching. So in this specific TikTok, that's exactly what I did. And then it hit exactly like that. So when I come back to YouTube, because now I'm on a two months YouTube break, because I went to film in a different city, for example. Uh, but sometimes when you film outside, security don't like that. So they made me delete the footage and that hit me. And I had to take another week break because that entire week I was filming in my city, outside my city and yeah. another place outside my city. And I wasn't getting reactions. I wasn't getting anything because especially in the UK, they just, they don't really give reactions. They're very cold blooded. Um, hmm, that's true. Very cold blooded. Yeah. Y'all are, um, y'all are just, y'all are all like that. Like y'all are yeah. about it. Like y'all are savages. Yeah. Uh, so they just didn't really give much. And I, I had an entire week where I was just very upset about it. So when I come back to my YouTube, I know exactly what to do. I'm going to come back with a strong thumbnail. I'm going to come back with better editing uh, I know what my audience likes and I'm very, very grateful that the fact that I can take breaks and come back to it and still have an audience watching me. I'm very grateful for that because there's a lot of people that they take breaks, they come back and their audience leaves them. So I'm going to obviously, as soon as I'm able to be consistent, I'm going to prove everyone that, yes, I'm glad you banked on me, you know? And I'm not going to take up too much more of your time. I'm actually, um, I'm actually very interested in that as well. Is there anywhere I can learn from it? Like, I, I, here's my thing is I have interviews every week, but um, I just got a very big uh, grant. For, I don't know if you've heard of the graph. It's literally the Google of blockchains, but I applied for a grant. They gave me a grant, so I guess they're sponsoring me now. They're going to announce October 14th. But I was going to say, I really want to, like, I'm actually curious, is there a place where I can learn, like, read and learn all this stuff? Because I'm, I've am i kind of done that too, but I'm curious, can I can I even apply that to my channel with, with my podcast? Or is this like, because I feel like you have to target trends or target, you know, certain things of the week. Is that even applicable to my account? That's actually a great question. Um, yes. No matter what, there's always going to be, so, yeah, right, okay, best way to say it. No matter what, there's always going to be someone better than you, right? There's always going to be someone above. So what you do is you go look at their podcast and you're going to see 
What do they do? Such as the little things. Before, I never used to actually monitor it. But then when I actually sat down and understood, because I'd be like, why is this video blown up? It's just, it, it doesn't really look great. But when you sit down and look at all the details, such as sometimes they could be talking about something, next minute, boom, they transition to the next thing, like they cut it. But they jump quite to the next subject so that they can keep the audience engaged. Whereas there's some podcasts where they can keep it a long conversation about one specific thing and people will just click off. So you just look at other podcasts and what I would suggest you go look at five different podcasts, uh, look at all like everything they do. Because some podcasts, they do different, different things like Logan Paul has a different podcast, Joe Rogan has a different podcast, blah, blah, blah. But they all have different things like there's this other girl, I forgot her name. I forgot what it was called, but there's this other girl that does her own podcast. They all have different things, different audiences. That makes them work for them. That makes them work, right. And different styles. So another thing that you could potentially do is look at that guy's style and that guy's style and that one's style and merge it together. Have you ever heard of the YouTuber uh, YouTuber called Eric? No. Is that what he did? So Eric is a YouTuber who is 19 or 20 years old. And he used to just do YouTube, get, I don't know, decent amount of views. And then one day he just looked into YouTube like a lot, a lot. And uh, he really liked Mr. Beast. He liked Logan Paul and he liked uh, David Dobrik. So what he did is he started doing Mr. Beast titles, David Dobrik content edits. And um, who was the other one again? Mr. Beast, David Dobrik. Logan Paul. Logan Paul. What did he do, Logan Paul? Uh, I like sort of Logan Paul vlog type content. But then what's smart about him is because he resides in LA, he actually targeted this content with these sort of creators. So he actually met Logan Paul and he did a title where it's like Mr. B sort of title, um, Logan Paul or David Dobrik sort of thumbnail. And, you know, what that basically does is when it goes to YouTube, it targets all these audiences because they see that the David Dobrik sort of content, they see the Mr. B sort of thumbnail or title, and now it's targeted multiple people. Uh, so what he did is because he actually physically did it with Logan Paul, it helped him blow up faster. And then he went out and did it with David Dobrik and so on and so on and so on. And then now his content, if you look at Eric's channel, you're going to think, oh, is that like Mr. Beast's channel? And it just correlates very, very closely. Um, so you have to kind of study the people that are, are making waves in your industry and, and not just take their trends, but take their techniques and styles. Right. Yeah. And there was another thing that I remember because uh, I implemented this into my content is Eric. He reached out to there was this other YouTuber and he gave him this idea, which kind of was similar to what the guy was posting. Right. And because he was trying to get a collab out of it. But what Eric said is basically him reaching out to that person, that guy could have egoed him. But because he presented him with such a good idea and gave him the incentive that the video is going to be based about that creator. The creator was like, you know what? I'm interested. I'm interested. And then the, the creator collabed with the, uh, Eric and that took off as well. I think that, that I'm so, that's something probably tonight I'm going to do a lot of research on. I'm very interested in all this stuff. Um, I was going to ask you, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Mm. If I ask my guests this at the end of each podcast, if you had to give me a prediction for Team Devour in one year, one year, okay. where would you say, educated guests, that Team Devour would be in a year from now? Hmm. In one year, I'm hoping that we're going to be much more bigger than we are right now. For sure. Right now, obviously, we're crushing it. Like, combined within the team as monthly YouTube views, we have 75 million. 
That's crazy. That's fucking insane, bro. Yeah. <laughs> That's so fucking crazy, bro. By next year, we crush it by double that. And then, you know, as time goes by, we keep crushing it. We start bringing in more people uh, that obviously are well more known and that's going to create waves. And I'm hoping by then I meet somebody like Drake or someone else that I can bring on board and explain to him exactly what I want to build. And I want somebody to believe in me because trust me, I won't let them down. 